This is Del Del Medina, Executive Director of Black and Brown Founders. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast, Rewriting the Playbook. If you like the conversations we have on here, I want to invite you to be a part of your own rewrite. Join us at Chroma on October 7th in Philadelphia. Chroma is a convening where Black and Brown Founders come together to make a change. This year's theme is where culture meets money. And we're planning discussions centered around culturally connected entrepreneurship, crypto, and Web3, and real estate. You won't want to miss out on the opportunity to gain insights into these hot topics and connect with leaders innovating across these industries. You can also look forward to live performances, authentic headshots, and local foods that highlight culture and emphasize wellness. Save the date. Again, that's October 7th. And join us for Chroma 23, an event that's sure to be a game changer for you and your business. Go to blackandbrownfounders.com to learn about Chroma 23. Hey everyone, my name is Josh Torres and you're listening to Rewriting the Playbook. Rewriting the Playbook is a podcast by the Black and Brown Founders, and I'm here at Chroma 22, the Money Edition in Philadelphia. We've had some conversations with many interesting people centered around how money makes them feel. We also talked about wealth, legacy, and community connection. Here's my conversation with Francesca Scato. Hi, Francesca. Hi, how are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today with Black and Brown Founders at Chroma. Um, We're here in Philly live, and we're all really, really excited for your session later on, where you'll be discussing the boot camp that you created with Black and Brown Founders. Yeah, I am excited to be here. We had not been live in person uh, for a few years like a lot of people. So it's definitely a privilege to see people face to face and to have the chance to engage. Definitely excited for that. As far as speaking about the boot camp, I mean, that's my baby. Yeah, yeah. Can yes. you tell our listeners a little bit more about you and what you do? Sure. So I'm a serial entrepreneur. My first venture was um, designing software to track the performance of aircraft engines back when startups were not a word. (laughs) Um, And so I learned a lot from that. We were making a lot of money, but we couldn't keep up with the growth. So we ended up closing shop about two years in. I think knowing what I know now, I would have managed that business very differently. But that was my first one out of college. And um, since then, I've tried all the things. Whatever you can think of, I've probably done it. Um, Haven't sold drugs, um, (laughs) but (laughs) have not done prostitution. Probably the only two things I haven't done. No pharmaceuticals, no OnlyFans. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But along the way, I realized that what I really, really loved uh, was the thrill of something new, of starting something new. And so I couldn't keep starting things. I needed to stick to something so that I could grow it and make the money I needed to make. But I figured, why don't I just help many people start things, right? And so I kind of live vicariously through our students. Um, And now at Black and Brown Founders, after being a certified coach and coaching small businesses, I really found a place where I can touch many lives and help many people start and launch and so I get my thrill and they get their business so it's a win-win situation that's really really awesome I think it is a win-win for everyone who's enrolled everyone who's experienced the boot camp Mm. so thank you for doing that work it's it's so important for the community 
Yeah. When Ania and I set out to create it, you know, she is an opera singer by trade. I'm an engineer by trade. And so you get these two brains. <laughs> and she was always very much um, aware of the aesthetics of the program, how it's perceived, how people receive it, how they experience it, how they consume the content. It needed to be pretty. Um, over here, I'm like, I need spreadsheets, I need charts, I need people to do their homework. <laughs> so it, we created something beautiful, I think, because we're so different in our approach. Um, but we both come from entrepreneurial families, and so we kind of have this DNA uh, of startups. And we both learned a lot, and we just put everything into the program. That's so amazing. I love that marriage of art and science mm -hmm. that is almost needed, right? Because mm -hmm, we often mm -hmm. say that there's an art to business. Yes. So Ania bringing that in and then you really bringing that foundational thinking, strategic thinking yeah. as an engineer to, to really tie it all together. That's, mm -hmm. And you can see it in uh, the content as you're going through the program, you're going to find yourself doing really nerdy exercises like building a prototype and, you know, playing with PVC pipes and doing wire diagrams for a website or whatnot. And, and at the same time, then you're going to be thinking about, well, what is the branding of this product? And um, how do you make this look in a way that customers will find it attractive? So I think that we really did achieve that marriage of the two. And people that have gone through it have been very... Um, they've benefited greatly from, from that. At least that's the feedback we get. That's amazing. So. That's amazing to hear. And that's definitely the feedback that I've heard as well. Um, really excited to see the continued iteration of the boot camp. Yes. Also, just to shift gears a little bit, um, you know, the topic of Chroma this year, the theme we can say is really centered around money. Mm -hmm. And we've been asking everyone this question today, but I would really love to hear your perspective and your answer to how does money make you feel? That's a great question. How does money make me feel? The first word, if I'm going to go with my gut feel, it's sad. Um, it makes me feel sad because I think of all that it represents. I think of the economic systems that we've put in place and what it means to have money, to not have money. The fact that there's only limited number of dollar bills printed in circulation and that when someone has a lot of them, that means other people don't have um, as much. And so money, when I think of money, I think of paper, I think of coins, and I think of scarcity that is designed. Um, now, that's conceptual. My money, how, do, how does my money make <laughs> me feel? My money makes me feel at ease. Um, I do wake up in the morning knowing that I'm taken care of, that my kids are taken care of, and there's a sense of peace because I, I am provided for. And I don't mean that I have a trust fund or rich parents. I've done this myself. You know, what I have, I've, I've built. And, and so my money, yeah, it's, it's a sense of peace and tranquility. But money as a concept, it makes me sad. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. I think mm -hmm. it's this... Um, double-edged sword in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I, I share a lot of that, that sentiment. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. Mm -hmm. um, You've mentioned this a little bit in terms of the ways that money can empower, though. And I'm curious about some specific examples you might be able to point to in terms of the ways that 
you consider money an opportunity to empower you in your personal life and in your business ventures? Mm. My take on money in general is a little bit counterintuitive. I, I think that the issue is not having money. The issue is getting to the point where you don't need money. And so living in way below your means is my goal. And it's what I teach my kids, and it's what I preach to people who hear me talk about money. Um, clients will come to me and say, I want to make a million dollars this year. I want to be the next Mark Zuckerberg. And I'm like, well, why millionaire? What, what do you plan to do with the surplus? <laughs> right? Like, what if you were just making $300,000 a year? Is that going to get you where you want to go? And so to answer your question, I'm sorry that I, it's, you know, it might feel a little bit um, circular. The thing is that money is always a tool. Money is not a goal. And so if money is something that will allow you to live the life that you want to live, then the question is how much of it do you need? And focus on that um, for the purpose of achieving those goals in your life and, and creating the lifestyle that you want. But the moment you make money the goal, um, then money controls you. And your aspiration is now empty of reward because you can never have enough money. You can always have more money, right? And so with that in mind, I think it's always important to set some goals and then decide how much money you need to get there. One of the exercises we do in the boot camp is all around this, and it's our ideal day exercise. People love it um, after they go through it, but it's really about creating a life and then figuring out what's the budget that can sustain it. And it's usually much lower than people think. Yeah, I love that. I love so much of what you just said, in fact. I feel like I need to go through the, the ideal day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the question around how much is enough, right? Mm -hmm. And what are we actually going to be doing with this money? Mm -hmm. right? it, like you said, it's a tool, and it's a tool for empowerment, and mm -hmm. it's a tool for living the life that we want to live. Yeah. But you know, as you mentioned, you really have to know what that life is first and ask yeah. yourself those questions. So yeah. those are amazing insights. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, anytime. Uh, I guess a, 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 maybe a more conceptual question is if you have a money message mm. or one that you aspire to live by um, that you'd want to share with our listeners or you want others to hear, what would be that takeaway? Money's your friend. And it can walk with you and share great moments. You can make memories with money. I love that. Yeah, thinking of money as a friendship, as a relationship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a all. positive yeah. relationship, yeah. But one that takes work, mm -hmm. <laughs> like any relationship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to do a few things if you want to, you know, be invited to the party. Mm -hmm. So Nice. So um, I'm curious if you have any, like, favorite self-care practices as they relate to money. Mm. You know, people think of self-care sometimes as indulgence. I think of self-care as the opposite. I think self-care is you parenting yourself and you giving yourself what you need, not just what you want. And so when I think of money self-care, um, I think of savings and I think of investments, uh, things that are giving me peace in the present and assuring a future. Right. And to me, that's caring for myself. Um, and for some people, it might be buying that cute purse or taking that trip. And I do that as well. Uh, but to me, that's recreation. That's indulgement. That is loving myself, not 
self-care in the more discreet way. Um, so yeah, to me, self-care and money would be investment and saving. I love that so much. I I think too often we think of self-care as this kind of indulgence and like the sexy side of it. Mm -hmm. And self-care is so much more than that. And Mm -hmm. I love that you highlighted the work that it takes to to set yourself up for success and Mm -hmm. how that's caring for yourself Mm -hmm. in in so many ways. So Well, it's like when you have a little kid. I, I mean, as a parent, these are the things that come up for me. Like it's nap time. And then I'm not sleepy, I'm not tired, I don't want to go to bed. But they're like falling apart because they are tired and sleepy. It's what they need. It's what they need, right? And so taking that nap is the most boring thing that kid can do at that moment, but it's exactly what they need, right? And so it's the ways in which we have to parent ourselves. That to me is like true self-care, is putting boundaries on myself and saying, yeah, you really want to go spend that money. But that's not what you need right now. You have other goals and, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Thank you so much. Um, curious if there's anything else that you want to share with our listeners that we didn't cover today or any questions I didn't ask. I want people to remember or to investigate the, the nature of currency um, and where that comes from and what systems it supports. Um, there are other ways of living. And so we, we're here and we're in this system and this system works in some ways. And, you know, it's not perfect, but capitalism is the thing and this is our country and this is what we're building on. Um, but just to remember that it is a construct. It is something we have built. It is something we have created. The banking system is a thing we created. And just like we created this, we can create something else. And so for those people that might be very discouraged by um, what currency and money do in our society, like the part of money that makes me sad, um, it's always uh, encouraging for me to know that if enough people feel that way, we can make a difference and we can reinvent how we do transactions, how we exchange energy and goods with each other. Yeah, I I love that kind of reimagination of what we all collectively want. Mm-hmm. And, and we've seen so many, so much of that with tech, right? Mm-hmm. Like you saying, rethinking how we do transactions just reminds me of how we've literally done that over the past decade, mm-hmm. right? We can now send payments with our phones, mm-hmm. right? We often forget that that technology didn't exist previously. Yeah. So I just, I love how you're inviting everyone to imagine a new way of being mm-hmm. and coming together to build something new yeah right like like you said earlier money is a tool like we're saying crypto you know crypto yeah. is a whole different way of experiencing currency totally different way of transacting and um, exchanging goods and money at its core it's an exchange of energy so if i work one hour and i buy a thing and say i make 15 dollars an hour and i buy something for 15 dollars, i have exchanged one hour of life for that thing. Um, And so when we start thinking about other forms of currency, other ways of doing currency, other ways of exchanging energy for life, right? Um, I think that we can create these alternate modes of existence. That's, That's one of the things I love about crypto, by the way. But yeah. Yeah, another another time yeah. on the podcast to get into crypto. <laughs> yes. 
so last question is just where can our listeners find you and information on the bootcamp online? Oh, sure. So bootstrappingbootcamp.com uh, is our program's website, and you can find all kinds of information there. You can find me there as well um, if you're trying to reach me. People can also reach me directly at coachfrancescaescoto.com. That's my um, business website. And so either way, I'm there, and I hope to see anybody who wants to hear more about this financial independence. Love it. We love it. Thank you so much for speaking with us and sharing all of your knowledge and wisdom. Uh, we're really excited for the Always. rest of Chroma. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. That was my conversation with Francesca Escato at Chroma 22, the money edition. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow Black and Brown Founders on Instagram and Twitter at BB Founders. And you can follow me at the Josh Torres on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening to Rewriting the Playbook. I'm Josh Torres. See you next time.